So this morning we have a special guest with us and I am honored to share this stage with Mr. Miles Money, you know, here at, at Oakton, we believe in the filling of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know what? There's no junior Holy Spirit, okay? So, so it doesn't matter what age you are. If the Lord has a calling on your life, the, the point is you need to step out into that. And Mr. Miles here, he's ready to do that today. He got asked to, to do this. And, and I, I got to confess something to you. We talked Thursday night, kind of shared some scripture, got the, the title together to give to Miss Norman of putting the bulletin. And it wasn't, but a few hours later, that Friday morning, he had already emailed what he was gonna gonna say. I'm like, man, that's good. That's good. I gotta follow him, man. That's that's good stuff. That's good. So so pray with me, and I'm gonna turn it over to, to Mr. Miles here. Father God, I thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the anointing that's on Mr. Miles. And, and Lord, I thank you for the word that you're going to bring today. I ask that you be with all of us as we're ready to receive it. Prepare those hearts and minds so that we can be changed and, and, and draw near to you today. And we know you are faithful. We know you're here. You, we know you're with us. And so we receive you. We're in expectation of what you're going to do here today. We thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, as Pastor... Well, as Pastor Joe already said, my name is Miles, and I am going, and I am honored to talk to you about fighting the good fight. So if you will turn to me, turn with me to 2 Timothy 4.2. And what that says is, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. So I'm going to be breaking that verse down. And I'm going to be starting with preach the word. It's pretty self-explanatory if you really think about it. But to be able to preach the word, we have to know the word. And the Bible flat out tells us to hide God's word in our heart. And if we, but do we, or do we just take for granted what, that we have the living word of God at our fingertips? And then it says, be ready in season and out of season. And what that means really is just to be, if you think about it, is Jesus was ready all the time. When the Pharisees tested him, he was ready. And whenever he was fasting in the wilderness, the devil was testing him. And he was ready, and he rebuked the devil with scripture. And are we ready to fight the good fight? Fighting the good fight every day in everything we say and do. And the next part of that verse is reprove and rebuke. The the definition of both of these words is very similar. They mean to express disapproval. To me, this means that we don't need just to be looking at all the sin that the word is doing, but we need to be able to talk to our fellow Christians about their lives and actions, not lining up with the word of God. The next word is to exhort. Exhort means to advise or caution strongly. Again, this word is very similar to reprove and rebuke. I guess if we don't get the first two instructions, maybe we will understand with the third. One word, command, these aren't just two words to be passed over. The one word, 
This doesn't mean that we are to go around looking in the plank in other Christians' eyes. However, if we are truly to be iron sharpening iron, we need to have freedom to build each other up in mostly holy faith. In this very short, simple verse, Paul is giving instructions on how to fight the good fight. When we break it down, it doesn't seem all that difficult. Probably the hardest part of the entire verse is being ready in season and out of season. That makes What makes this so difficult? Life, it's all distractions. I realize that I'm just a 12-year-old boy that doesn't have the same responsibilities and distractions as most of you here today. But is it possible that sometimes we call our distractions responsibilities just to make ourselves feel better? If we are to be successful at fighting the good fight, applying it to our lives, for it to be more than just something we say, must we must reprove, repu- re- rebuke, exhort with our own lives. Let's be ready to honestly examine ourselves so that we can do more just than just say we fought the good fight. Before I hand it back over to Pastor Joe, I want to leave you with these final words from 2 Timothy 4.7. And that says... I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I know when I was 12 years old, there's no way I'd be getting up on stage talking to everybody. So that was awesome, Mr. Miles. That was, that was excellent. Good job. What a, what a good challenge for today. I'll just go ahead and do the altar call, you know, at the beginning. How are we doing? Are we fighting that good fight? Boy, I, I don't know if it, if, if it stepped on your toes, you know, whenever, if you're in church and your, sto- your toes get stepped on, it's not the, the preacher, or, you know, it's just the, the Holy Spirit giving you a little nudge. So, as Miles said, uh, you know, we all have a lot going on, but we call them responsibilities, <laughs> you know, is that a, is that a way to, to get out of fighting the good fight? So, that was a, that was a good line. I, I received that. So, how are we doing? If today was our final day, if we breathed our last, would we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant? Are we fighting a good fight? I want to dig into that just a, a little bit more. Really, he, Mr. Miles sent me his notes and I saw him I'm like, oh, that's so good. I'm just going to piggyback off of that and run with it because that's a good word for all of us today. Fighting that good fight. Now, it's going to look different for each of us. We all have different things going on, different walks of life, different seasons of life. You know, I, I for one, as far as parenting, you know, I, before I was a parent, I thought I was going to be this super dad and, and I had it all figured out and I could tell everybody what they were doing wrong with their kids. And then ever, and then I, I didn't always do that, but sometimes I might open my mouth when I shouldn't have, but, but then I had kids, right? And now we're just in survival mode. Okay. <laughs> So everybody's in different seasons, and I get that for sure. But how are we doing on fighting that good fight? Even when it's difficult, maybe we're in a season that's hard. Do we use that as an excuse not to fight? Do we use that as a, as a reason to kind of walk away? And today I'm going to be talking to the believers. So if you're not a believer in here, this is something that you can, you can tuck this down inside and, and you can... And, once you've received Christ, start putting it into practice. But that comes first. Okay, Jesus, Jesus says that, that he is the only way 
to heaven, right? There is no other way besides him. So if you're not a believer today, and, you, and that's that first step, is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I'm gonna be talking to the, the ones that have already done that. So, so if I'm over your head today, that I, I don't think I will be, but just receive it and, and ask the, the pray that the, the Lord, you know, talks to you. And I don't think it'll be too bad, but, but as we dig in, I just wanna remind us that, that if, you know, if you're in here today, and, and it might be your first time in here, it might be, you know, been here longer than I've been alive, this still for us. Because I think if we ever get to a point where we think we got it, we've, we've checked that box, we, we're good, I think that's a scary place to be. It's a very scary place to be. And I'm praying that today what we read and is received and that so when we walk out of here, we will be different than the way we came in. See, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day we're in our word, it can be a recentering on Christ. I say this all the time, but it's still true today as it is any other time. A ship or a plane never gets to point A to B in a straight line. Simply just because of the curve of the earth, it does not have a straight line. There's little course adjustments along the way. Even if you set autopilot on, it's going to make those course adjustments for you. Okay, A to B is never just a straight line. It's a whole bunch of little wiggles getting right on the on path. Maybe that's us today. Maybe we just need to get recentered on Christ. We need to let First, we need to take autopilot off, but we need to let the Holy Spirit come in and just do a little course adjustment. And we're going to have time to do that at the altar today, but just get us back on track. Now, sometimes we find ourselves in a storm. We find ourselves in in a spot in life where it's heavy. And most planes, some big ones go right through it, but a lot of planes will have to go around a storm, and that's called a course adjustment. If we have found ourselves in a storm today, let the Lord do a course adjustment in your life and get recentered on Him so you are back on track to what He has plans for you. Because I promise you, the plans He has for you are better than the plans you have for you. It took me a long time to learn that, I was a little stubborn. And I was a little hard-headed. If you ask my boss, Pastor Kent, who's in Carthage right now, he might tell you that I'm still a little bit strong and, and stubborn and hard-headed. But, but my wife here, she would never say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, the parenting thing is because I have a six-year-old that is just like me. Oh, my God. There's things that that boy says, and I know he's about to get in trouble. I, and I think he knows he's about to get in trouble, and I have to turn away. I'm like, oh, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> and it did not end well. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting a, a, a raising my, my own self in a little response to that. So Miles took us to 2 Timothy 4.2. And then, and then he, took, he brought up 4.7. So as we dig into this even farther... I hope that each of us today are ready for this because as he was talking about those and and I knew the scriptures he was already going to reference, I thought about, you know, the, the athlete, you know, the athlete is one, not me, (laughs) there's other athletes that, that do this. They work out hard. They tear their body down so that they can perform at the peak and we were sitting in the donut shop talking about being athletes, you know, and, uh. (laughs) And Mr. Isaac was doing his uh, Bible study Thursday morning, and it, it talked about 
Praying hard prayers, getting out of our comfort zone and making sure we're not just praying for comfort, we're actually praying for boldness and, and being ready to serve the Lord in, in hard ways. And, and it, the, the study talked about that very thing. And so it's so neat how the Holy Spirit lines these things up. But we talked at the donut shop drinking our coffee and, and we talked about the things in, in life that you kind of have to prepare for a little bit. And, and it happened to be that the, the three of us that were there were all veterans and we started talking a little bit about our time in service. And, and one of the things we talked about is, you know, you never went outside the wire without doing a functions check. You made sure your weapons were ready to go. They were clean, oiled, your crew serve was good, whatever it was, your, your vehicles were good. You made sure that you were ready for battle before you went outside that wire. And one of the ways you would do that is you'd shoot off a live round, or at least we did, into a big berm, sand berm, make sure it's all going to work good, ammo check, all that stuff. And I got to thinking about it as we were, we were sitting there at the donut shop again, and, and it's like, man, how do we do that spiritually? Are we ready for battle? When we get up in the morning, are, do we have our, our functions checked done? Do we have our, our word open? Are we in that word? Have we been praying in the Holy Spirit? Are we ready for the battle that's going to hit us as soon as we get out of bed or walk out our door? And I think all of us would say, well, yeah, I'm ready. Even if we didn't do those things, I'm ready. I don't think anybody wakes up and says, hey, I hope I have a bad day today. Nobody just wakes up and hopes for a bad day. But do, do bad days happen? Absolutely. But the outcome of those bad days all depends on the, the training and the preparation we've had in our spirit life to see the outcome of that. Are we going to have a victory no matter what? Or are we going to let it defeat us? And so fighting the good fight is a daily thing that we all have to be able to put into practice. We got to be in the, in the spirit battling for our loved ones, for each other, for ourselves. And that's the great thing about the Holy Spirit. He knows exactly what we need to pray. We just got to be obedient and do it. Because he knows what we're going to face that day, but we don't. We might have an idea if you got a, you know, a hard meeting coming up at work or, or something like that. We might have an idea. But only the Lord knows exactly what we're going to deal with. And only the Lord is the one who can promise a positive outcome and victory in Jesus Christ. And so it just makes sense to me that every morning we wake up, we fight that good fight. We know we need to be going to him first, relying on him and not ourselves. I can testify what it's like to rely on myself, and I failed often. But I can also testify what it was when I relied on Christ, and the victory is still true today, because I'm alive here telling you about it. That's a testimony in the goodness of God, and His grace and His mercy. So as I was thinking about the, the athlete, I thought about... Um, Miss Abigail and Miss Audra and some of those that run the cross-country race. And I, I'm out of breath just walking from place to pay, place as they're, you know, running around the golf course or whatever. But I watch them and they're, they, they start off strong, right? They start off on this cross-country. How far is that? 3.1 miles. Yeah. Whew. It makes me sweat thinking about it, right? So 3.1 miles, and they start off strong. You can tell they're not out of breath. They're going strong. It's like this big old herd of cattle. I'm not comparing you to cattle, but that's what it reminds me of as they're going down, and it kind of funnels in, and, and they're taking off. But by the time we go to that next checkpoint is usually, I think, right, not, it's kind of around the pond, right? right? You kind of see the pond, and by that point, they've spread out a little bit. There's some red faces, 
they're huffing and they're puffing. And it's starting to hurt a little bit. But they're still going. And then we, we you know, all of us, the watchers, we walk as fast as we can to the other side of the golf course because they run all the way around back, you know, in the back 40 a couple times. And they come back around. And by this point, they're even more spread out. And there's a little bit more red faces. And there's this look of discouragement on some of their faces. And, and you know, our job is to encourage them. I might be the annoying one, but I still do it, you know, and, and I, I try to yell for them and, and I know their parents do and, and I don't know if they like it or not because sometimes, you know, we get these looks, but, but it's okay. And so, so they're, they're going and one of the saddest things is when somebody that has a runner's outfit on, got a number on their chest and they just walk off the course. They're hurt, they're struggling, something's happening, and they walk off that course. And so today, you might have found yourself starting your race strong. You might have found yourself on the back 40, but you're still doing good, you're still breathing, you still, you got your composure, you're still in the race, even if you're in last, you're still in the race. But maybe some of us in here today have walked off that course. We said, I can't do it. I quit. I give up. And, I, and as a pastor, I get to see different aspects of life and a lot of different people. But that's one of the saddest things when I see somebody that says, no, it ain't worth it no more. And it just breaks my heart. So if that's you today, I say this in love. And if that's you today, receive the Holy Spirit's comfort and peace that only he can give. Get back in the race. It doesn't matter if you finish last. The important thing is that we finish. And I don't want anybody in here today who's ever watching online or hearing my voice in person, I don't want anybody to not finish the race. We gotta be in it to win it. Yes, first is good. I'm a little competitive. I like to be in first. On, when it comes to running, I just accept that I'm not going to be in first. But there was one time whenever Heather and I were first married, I think I beat her once. Once. And she kicked me in the shin. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. She would never do that. I don't think anyway. So we got to finish this race. And I'm joking around today, but y'all, this is serious. We have got to finish the race of life. In, in Matthew, I believe it is, when the, there's the parable of the talents, there's the two, two servants that were given the, the gold or the talents, whichever version you read, and what they do, they did something with it, right? You guys know this story. They went and, and doubled it, and, and then when the master came back, they heard those words, well done, good and faithful servant. It wasn't necessarily well done, good and happy servant. Well done, good and good looking servant. It was well done, good and faithful servant. And the second one, he did the same. He didn't have as much, but he still did what he was supposed to do. And he doubled it and he, and he went and glorified his master. And his master said, well done, good and faithful servant. But that third guy, that third guy, he did nothing. Now he had some good excuses. If you're like me, I can come up with some good excuses. I promise you, I'm a good excuse maker. But they all stink. And that master, he said, get rid of him. Get him out of my sight, that lazy, wicked servant. 
You guys can go look that up if you want to read the whole parable. But I hope none of us in today are lazy, wicked. We need to care about our walk with Christ. We need to make sure that we are still in this race together. We, are, we need to make sure that we're fighting the good fight. And so this is a little, this is a little spare uh, a challenge for you, a little extra credit here. If you know somebody in your life who maybe is about to drop out of that race, check on them. Call them. Most people don't write letters anymore, but you could write them a letter. Unless you're Pastor Larry. Pastor Larry writes you a letter, you're going to cry because the Holy Spirit is going to be all over it. Write them a letter. Make sure that they know somebody cares about them so that we don't have to go to a funeral someday and wonder. I go, I, that's part of this job. I do a lot of funerals and everybody always asks, you know, oh, were they saved or not saved? Even the non-believers want to know that. You know, it's crazy that even the non-believer still has this sense of, hey, there's eternity or not. And it's so sad when there's no fruit. Now, I'm, thank the Lord I'm not the judge. I don't want to be the judge. So I, I preach whatever the family says. I go with it. It's not my place to question. But sometimes you just kind of know there's not a whole lot of fruit behind it. I hope everybody in here today decides today that, you know what, whenever my celebration in life comes, it's going to be a church service. And people are going to get saved because of the testimony, the life we've lived, because we have fought the good fight. Now, we don't know when that is. We don't know. That could be tomorrow. That could be in 50, 60, 100 years. I don't know. You don't either. And so the most important thing we can do today is we can make sure that we are in the race. We are fighting the fight. We're making sure that whenever we're done, we can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. We can make sure that our family members know what we believe. We can make sure that our family members are also have at least an opportunity to hear the word. We can't make them, but we can provide opportunities so that they can hear those words as well. I challenged the youth not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, if there is a friend or a family member that you call a friend or family member and they don't know Jesus, you need to make sure that they hear at least one time the opportunity to receive Christ. That's for all of us. That's for all of us today. As I was thinking about the, the, the preparation it takes to, you know, to, to hear that, to fight the good fight, I thought about last week and how Pastor Kent asked for a hundred men or women. A hundred men or women that feared God, hated sin, and, and I would say ready for battle. Ready to take action. Now I was at the altar myself, so I don't know who all came up, but there was a lot of us. And so I ask you for this week, how are we doing? You made a, a bold statement and usually when that happens, the enemy tries to come in and kill, steal, and destroy. But we know through John 10.10 10, that it is the enemy that does that. But Jesus said, I come to give you life, life more abundantly or to the full, whichever version you read. And so this last week, some of you guys might have got hit. But you're still here, so good job. Stay in that race. Stay in that fight. I was thinking about a, a boxing ring. We joke around about getting our boys boxing gloves because they fight nonstop, you know. And so we thought about just getting a pair of gloves so at least it wouldn't mark as much. <laughs> True story. I'm looking for some if you guys got some. But, but, you know, I think about a boxer. They might be prepared. And whenever they go in that ring, they're going to get hit in the face. 
But they're ready for it, right? Or what about a, a football player? He's got his pads on when he's on that field. He's ready to get hit. He's ready. But what about walking down the street on the sidewalk and somebody tackles him just like that? Or a boxer is just walking along in the grocery store and somebody pops him in the mouth. You think they're ready? No. But that we can look at that as our spiritual life. When, when you've got your armor on, you're fighting the good fight, you're prepared for battle, you know you're going to get hit, but it doesn't matter. Especially if you got that, that armor with the shield that it says it extinguishes every arrow, every flaming arrow of the evil one. That shield of faith. We don't care what the enemy throws at us. We got this. We got our armor on. But if he catches us without our armor on, if he catches us maybe just walking down the street doing whatever we feel like doing, not worrying about what God tells us to do, and we get hit from the side, are we going to be ready? No. We might be laying there with some broken bones. It might even be the last blow that he needed to, to tell us to quit. It might be the, the, the last, what is it, the straw on the camel's back. It might, not, it, it might not even have to get hit at all. It might just be somebody saying something mean to you. And when our armor's not on, we're not fighting the fight. We're not ready for those hits. And so today, if you were one of those hundred, or maybe you didn't come to the altar last week, but you wanted to and you felt that calling, do it today. It's never too late. There's no time like the present. Do it today, and then you can too be, be part of the, the hundred or whatever it is or however many. I'm, I'm believing you know, it's five, ten, hundred times a hundred that, that we got here at Oakton. But, but it can be more than that. And the big thing is how. How do we prepare ourselves? How do we make sure that we are ready? And with that, I'd like you to turn with me to John chapter 15. If you guys don't have, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up, just Google Armor of God or in your Bible app, Armor of God. You guys can look that up and read it for yourself. It's a good, good read that we need to be refreshed and reminded in. But today I'm going to be reading out of the NIV, John chapter 15. We're looking at verse 1. And Jesus is talking here and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that you will be even more fruitful. Are you ready to clean? You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. I'm just believing that's the, you know, <laughs> that's the Holy Spirit saying, amen. That's baby talk for amen. Preach it. <laughs> I'm hearing him say, that's good. Keep going. <laughs> All right, verse five. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, it's a sad statement, isn't it? Six. 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What kind of fruit are we leaving along the path of our fight? Is it good fruit? Are we bearing much fruit, as the word says, as Jesus promises there? Sometimes, just to be honest, sometimes I had the fruit, it was a lot of good fruit, and I left it along the path. Because I knew what God gave me, I just didn't put it to use. And I knew there was fruit in my life, I just didn't care enough to do something with it. And what happens to fruit when it gets rotting and stinky and nasty? It's gross. We have a pear tree in our front yard. And we didn't know it was a pear tree when we cleaned the property up. But you know how we knew it was a pear tree? There's pears on it. Pears. There's fruit. There's fruit. What kind of fruit are we showing? Can the world around us see the fight we're in? See the race we're running? The path that we're on? Is it lit with the Holy Spirit? Is Jesus Christ making a way for us? Or are we all in the wilderness doing our own thing? Stinky and nasty. Today's the day to get right back on that course. He says, I will make a way for you. I have prepared a place for you. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. If you would have told me I'd be in full-time ministry when I was still in the military, I would have never, never left the military. I would have been too scared. I would have never took that leap of faith. God knew that, so he, he handled me gently with mittens, and he let me take baby steps and to get to where I am. What's God telling you? Where is he leading you? What's he got? He has a plan for you. Are you going to follow or are you just going to keep doing your own thing? Now, you're in here today, so that's good. Keep it up. I'll see you next Sunday, too. Bring a friend, okay? That's a good job. What are we doing Monday through Saturday? Are we in the Word? Are, are, are we telling somebody about Jesus? Is our fruit good and, 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 and look like it's something that others may want? Are we being the salt and light of the earth? I don't know. You guys have to decide that. Here in just a, a few weeks, a couple of us are going to go Jeep. And if you don't know what that means, it's pretty much like, like a hiking trail, but you're in a Jeep, okay? Because we're too lazy to walk up the, the trails. And, and I was thinking about the, the maintenance that needs done. And this weekend, I was, uh, you know, it was a beautiful weekend, praise the Lord. And, and, and so my boys, they're six and four. Uh, if you don't know them, just wait till after the service. It'll be like a little whirlwind running around here, and you'll know them. If there's two little boys wrestling or picking on somebody, and they're running around, just bring them to me. I know who they are, right? But they were helping me with my maintenance on my Jeep. I was changing the oil, and they're laying under there, poking things, looking at it, you know, getting dirty, and they like to do that. I look over, they're laying underneath their bicycles, you know, Dalton's wave, cleaning his new bike underneath. And then it was time to rotate the tires, and I said, okay, go get the jack. And they knew what I was talking about, and they're dragging it out. They couldn't quite get it over the extension cord, but they, they got it out there, and they pushed it on the gravel, you know, and someday I'll have concrete. But right now I got gravel, and we pushed it on the gravel, and, and 
I said, okay, I lined it up for them and I taught them how to twist it and they're just cranking away and they're thinking, oh, this is so easy, dad, look at me helping you. I'm like, yeah, just keep going, right? And, and it gets to the spot where it's time and then they go, and, and little Asher's hanging on the handle and, and Dalton comes up and jumps on it. And so there's both of them that are just trying to get this handle down and, and I'm proud of them. I had a proud dad moment. They figured it out. A yeah, little instruction, but they got it down. And so they got it down once. And they said, okay, we're done. I said, no, 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 no. Put it back up and do it again. About four or five more times probably. So they did. And, and they were, uh, both of them, either hanging or jumping on top. And they finally got it enough, high enough, so we could take the tire off so we could do a, a tire rotation on the Jeep. And those boys loved it. And I loved it too because I had the help and getting to spend time with them, but I didn't have to do it myself. And so that was great as a win-win. But it, the Lord talked to me in that moment and said, you're training your kids how to do maintenance on your Jeep. Are you training them how they need to be in the Lord? These things are good for, you know, for a good man to know how to do maintenance or the world we're in today, women can do maintenance too, okay? So anybody can do maintenance on their vehicle. And so I'm training them how to do this. It's good things. It's, it's ways that, that they need to know these things. You know, they, they talk about the, how big their Jeep's going to be and it's going to be bigger than dad's and all this stuff, you know? So it's good that they're learning this stuff. And the Lord just hit me as I'm, and I'm watching them struggle. I think it's okay that they're struggling, I think the Lord's telling us, it's okay that we're struggling. We're not going to get it right. But the point is, we just got to get it done. They got that jack up to the point where they could take the tire, or I took the tires off, and they loved it. They thought they had a victory. And I promise you that our Heavenly Father, He sees us struggling. But if He sees us to the point where we have that victory, no matter how long it takes us, He's excited for us. And he's saying, good job, son. Good job, daughter. Good job. And then we were doing this maintenance and, and they were asking me questions like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? You know, they're in that why stage and I was talking to them. And then I got to tell them about how, you know, whenever we get ready to go off-roading or hit the trails or whatever, you got to do these things. And then it hit me, you know, it's more than just changing the oil and rotating tires. There's going to be times you get stuck. There's going to be times you need some recovery gear. There's going to be times where you need maybe some first aid equipment. There's going to be times whenever you need somebody else's help. Now for the, the men's group that went uh, the last trip we had, okay, I was the, supposed to be the leader and, you know, all this stuff. Well, guess who got stuck? This guy, right? Guess who the only one that had to use the winch? This guy, yeah. Guess who's the only one that punctured a tire? This guy, right? And then I lost the fender in the process. So it was a good time. Yeah, experience went out the window that day. But I was so happy I had someone there to help me. I had the right tools needed to get me unstuck. And I'm here to tell you today, people, we have the right tools to get us unstuck. We got to use it. It's okay to have to pull that winch line. Sometimes there's a little pride when it comes to off-roaders and we like to try a little harder not to pull the winch line. It's okay. Swallow that pride. Pull that winch line out. It'll get you unstuck. If you're struggling today, it's okay. You're here for a reason. Let today be the day that you ask somebody to help. Let today be the day you come to these altars and say, Lord, I need you today. I need you. 
I'm struggling with this or that or whatever it is. He is faithful. He says, I got you. And this is our lifeline. We might be bleeding out today. We need some first aid. We might be in a situation that we don't even know is how to get out. You guys might have came in here with something today you don't have an answer for. Because it's so deep, you can't see the daylight. Well, God does. And he says, come to me, all who are weary laden, all who are burdened. He says, come to me. We got to be the ones that get out of our seats. We got to be the ones who actually take that step. James 4, 8 says, draw unto me and I will draw unto you. We got to be the one to take the step. Because he's faithful. And he's there to help you out. He says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And in closing, if the praise team wants to come on up, I got one last verse for you. It's 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. Second Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 says this. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Let that be you today. There's something that the the Holy Spirit's giving you a check on. I encourage you to respond. I can testify that if you you ignore the Holy Spirit long enough, he quits giving you the check in the Spirit, and eventually things that you knew were wrong no longer feel wrong in your life anymore. I can testify to that, and I don't want that for anybody in here, and I don't want that for me ever again. So if the Holy Spirit's giving you a check, respond. And Romans 8.1 says there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. So if you're feeling condemned today, don't. Don't. That's the devil. But today, if you are in this place where maybe you have not finished well, maybe you have found yourself where you've checked out of the race, let today be the day that you say, I'm in it. Start running again. Prepare yourself for battle by putting on the armor of God. And there's no time like the present and there's no place like right here, right now. This would be a great time for any of us who need to get refreshed in the Lord, do a little course adjustment so that we're on track with where the Lord wants us. Today is the day, I promise you, you don't want to wait for tomorrow. And so I'm going to pray. Go ahead and stand with me. These altars are going to be open. If you need prayer of agreement or prayer, just just in general, you're welcome to come to me or come to others. There's many people in here that'd love to pray for you. But these altars are for you. How are we doing? Are we fighting the good fight? Are we prepared for what the, the world has us when we leave these doors? If not, it's time. The time is now. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today.
I thank you for your word, Lord. If there is anything that came out of, out of the flesh, I ask that it falls on deaf ears. But Father God, if there is anything that came from your word and, and, and from the spirit, Lord, I ask that it is received right now. In Jesus' name, I thank you for helping us to receive your word, to receive your blessing, to receive your calling upon our life. I thank you for these 100 men and women or more, 200, 300, 400. I thank you for them that are bold in Christ for you, Lord. We recognize you're the only way. You are the Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, help us to follow you now. Help us to be bold enough to tell somebody. Help us, give us the strength to start running again, to get back in the race, to fight the good fight. And help us, Holy Spirit, to be able to receive you in such a way that we know it by the signs and wonders that follow. We praise you, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.